it looked legit online, but I was like, nah, I don't, I'm skeptical about it. It's in Miami. I'm not sure if this is something I want to get into. <laughs> um, then I visited and then everything was just like, it clicked, you know, like right away. Welcome to episode six of Step Into the Sandbox, a conversational journey through the creative mind. You might be tuning in from the safety of your home or while you're on your daily walk or exercising. Either way, I'm really thankful that you're taking the time to tune into this podcast and I'm excited to share today's conversation with you. Today's guest is Andy Tamayo, a fellow creative from the advertising industry. He was actually one of the most awarded creatives in 2019, winning over 25 international awards. Ten of those were Cannes Lions. He made Forbes 30 under 30 list and has produced stellar work for brands like Burger King, Budweiser, and Kraft Heinz. We spoke about his agency experience, his role as an art director, the collaborative nature of his work, and his next chapter at Wyden and Kennedy. I hope you enjoy it. So my name is Andy Tamayo. I'm a Miami native, uh, Cuban Nicaraguan art director. Um, I recently was at David Miami, the agency. Um, and now I'm actually in transition uh, at to go to Wyden Kennedy in Portland uh, during this very strange time in the world. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I've followed your work on you know obviously all the awards that you guys have, have won over the years but um it's really cool that it's coming you know from an agency that was local and in a market that doesn't necessarily have that many strong players in the creative world it was always cool to to watch what you guys were doing at david um so could you give the the listeners a little bit of a understanding of what you do and um like what your day-to-day was at least in your recent role at david yeah, absolutely. So as an art director, I think uh, a lot of people question what exactly the art director does. Um, it's a very hard, it's a very hard position to explain just because there's so many things that kind of go into it. Um, an art director should know uh, basic aspects of composition of a photo, photography, web design, um, you know, editing, uh music they should know how to just basics of anything with graphic design basically and i think it's very hard for someone to grasp you know the the exact concept of what an art director does and they basically they don't you know they don't actually do everything they direct people into what their visual concept is right what their vision is yeah um in that's actually in a very big agency world. Um, us being at David, it was very small. So a lot of the things that were put into the job were made by the art directors at David. So I was pretty much building out, building out decks, uh, creating presentations for clients on a daily basis, uh, you know, working with directors and photographers to, you know, achieve the visual goal of the campaign, um, uh, pretty much all the vi- anything that has to do with uh, visuals, the art director pretty much takes upon uh, as their role. Um, but at David, it is a very small agency, so a lot of those things were being done by either me or a junior team, 
or a senior or more senior uh, art director uh, at David? I, I think something interesting is to give a little bit more background as to like how you started in the industry. Like what was your first role or even back to when you studied it back in college? Um, what What's that uh, story like for you? Well, for me, I think the my story is kind of interesting just because I was uh, self-taught. I never really went to school for anything that I've, that I learned. Um, back in high school, I remember when like there was a, uh, a bunch of like house parties or clubs, I would design these flyers with like Photoshop, like the trial version. I didn't yeah. have like, the actual, I didn't have the actual program. And I just yeah. did it for like for fun, right? Cause I, I, I've always like admired graphic design. I remember um, designing a flyer just like, Hey, like look, we should throw this party called so-and-so. And I would do like a mock flyer. And then somehow yeah. I got, hands of people that really liked it and it became a thing where I would just design flyers for people uh people's events <clears throat> and then it was funny because it got to a point where people would ask but I didn't have the program so I kind of stopped doing that um and then I moved on to college um where I would kind of design uh people's myspaces Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So MySpace actually taught me like the whole part of, uh, you know, like web design and layout and composition. Um, and then I got into, I went to Miami-Dade where I did my mass communications as my major. And then from there, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, I knew it had something to do with like graphic design, but I wasn't sure that was exactly what I wanted to do. There was so many things that were coming into mind. Um, and then one day someone's like, dude, why don't you just do advertising? And, you know, I was like, ah, that's not a bad idea. And then I started looking into schools, I started looking into like different programs and, uh, you know, nothing really came up, nothing really captured what I wanted, you know? Uh, yeah. and then I, and then I noticed that there was uh, this place called Miami ad school. And then I started doing my research. It looked legit online. But I was like, nah, I don't, I'm skeptical about it. It's in Miami. I'm not sure if this is something I want to get into. <laughs> um, then I visited and then everything was just like, it clicked, you know, like right away. Um, like everything, it was like, you know, you're going to learn about video. You're going to learn about photography. So it was everything that I wanted to do in one thing. And I didn't, I didn't know about it. And I feel like a lot of people don't know <clears throat> about art direction. Um and it's a really cool, you know, it's a really cool field industry to get into because it's like, it really just encompasses everything that you would want to do. You know, it has like every aspect of, of, I don't know, of the, all these elements that come together and they just make one profession. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I thought it was really interesting. I was, I was there for two years. Um, and then the cool thing about Miami Ad School is that they allow you to take an uh, internship program to uh, any place in the world where there, there's a school or there's an opportunity for an internship. And so then I took <clears throat> I took the internship at in Germany. Uh, I interned at Geometry Global, where I worked on <clears throat> Volkswagen um, for a bit. And then right after that, I went to, I came back to Miami where I interned at YNR Miami and I worked on FedEx. Uh, I worked on FedEx on Winn-Dixie, which was 
very random at the time where, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't accustomed to working on anything that was kind of local. Winn-Dixie was very local for Miami people. Yeah. Um, and then after that, <clears throat> somehow I ended up at Kristen Porter, which was kind of always a dream for me because, you know, coming from Miami and being the agency of the decade was incredible. And the fact yeah. that it was built in Miami was incredible. And I always admired their work. So even, even then, like I was like, even if it's an internship, I want that in my resume, you know? And I ended up going to Crispin Porter where I met my copywriter, uh, uh, Alexander Allen. Um, we met there and then we ended up moving to the community in Miami where we worked there for two years. Uh, we worked on a couple of projects there on Cerveza Victoria on a lot of Verizon projects. Um, you know, we got a lot of work done there. And then after that, that's when we <clears throat> we submitted our books to David. Um, and that's where we were we've been we were been at since. So since 2017 we've been at David. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's been a it's been quite a, a quite a ride since then. Um, and obviously David has a lot of perks of working there it's like you have the one of the best best clients Burger King um and just even the agency dynamic is so different from anywhere else that I've been um you know I think that David teaches you a lot of teamwork um and it shows you the value of teamwork right because anything can be you anyone can have an idea a strategist uh you know accounts creative or designer and it's so yeah. interesting to see that everyone has the same goal they have the same uh, value in the type of work the same standard and i think that's what kind of uh, makes david david and right from the day from day one i fell in love with the way that the agency worked um and yeah that's that's where where we've been at since march 20th actually of this yeah. year yeah, it's, I mean, it's an awesome journey. And I, I think what's unique is that you have the experience of larger agencies, um, or at least, you know, especially relatively for Miami, <clears throat> with not having, you know, agency landscapes like New York with McCann's of the world and those kinds of huge uh, firms. But like, to me, it was very interesting to see the concept of the creative duo. It's something that I didn't know was like a package deal uh, it was a possible thing in like a career um, yeah. until my business partner told me about it. So I think it's interesting to talk about the dynamic uh, to people that really think about their careers in a singular way where here you can like partner up with someone and really like, you know, elevate or go somewhere together. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, working in a, in a duo, it, it, it enhances you to, it makes, it makes you learn, right? Because you have to give feedback to that person. You have to get along with that person. There can't be uh, egos in that relationship because it's it's essential to the work that you're creating together, right? And if it's your idea, it's my idea. If it's my idea, it's your idea. And I think that's a mentality that you know you don't grasp at the beginning. At the beginning, you're you're a little you're a little defensive about what you you're you're bringing to the table um and i think that's totally normal right i think as human beings we tend to uh fight for what's yours and uh but at the end of the day you know you're all working for the same thing you're both working for the same 
goal. So I think that that's one of the most important things uh, that working in a team helps you uh, create. Uh, and, and and essentially it helps you make better work, right? Because you kind of complement each other. One of you is probably thinking something a little bit more conservative. The other one's thinking a little bit outside the box. And at the end of the day, it just becomes this one idea that just is balanced. And I think that's the perfect way you can, you can kind of make sense out of it. It's, it's, it's balance. And if you don't have that, then it just, everything just goes to yeah. nothing. You know? Yeah. Um, so let's say that you guys were working on a project you guys got a brief for a new project. Um, what, what's that process like of like, just in an in initial like discovery brainstorming phase of a project, like working together. I mean, basically, I mean, when we, when one brief on a project, it's, 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 uh, it's different for everyone. Right. I think every duo has kind of like their own rituals or their own ways of going about it. One way that we do, and I think it's worked for us in the past four or five years is that we'll get briefed and then we go thinking on our own. Right. Um, and I think that what helps, that helps us because sometimes you're you're brainstorming together and I'll say something and someone will just bandwagon on that idea. And then you just kind of write that idea out rather than, you know, you go think separately, your brains work completely different. Um, and then you come back with like three ideas each and you have more on the table to like kind of brainstorm together. Like you have, you have three solid, you have six solid ideas out of those six solid ideas, there's three that are, you know, worth presenting or two or two that are, are there, but they're still, they still need some tweaking. So I think that the more, the more that you spend time separately thinking on your own and then coming together and bringing both your, both your ideas and making them better is, is the best way to go with any project. At least that's how it works for us. Um, yeah. right now, right now I just got a text and he's like, Hey, do you want to go over ideas in two hours? I'm like, yep. Because I think it's, it's good. Especially now. I mean, I, th I think our, our way of working is definitely working now because we're separate. So it's like, you have a lot more alone time. You have a lot more time to think. And it's just like, you have to have checkpoints at some point, you know? Yep. Um, yeah. sorry, I was asking are you two equally as organizers or one that's more organized than the other? I am definitely the disorganized one. Um, <laughs> he's way more organized than I am. I think that, um, I don't know. I've always been that way, but it's just weird. Like my desktop is a crazy mess. Like I have everything on my desktop and somehow I always know where everything is. Um, yeah. But I think it's, I don't know what it is. I think it's a designer art director thing where a lot of, I mean, I what I've seen from, my experience the art director is always the messy one and then the the copywriter is always the the neat one but that's just yeah. me <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i definitely have that dynamic where i'm the more organized one and and philip my business partners more of the uh all over the place and he puts ideas has a million tabs open and, yeah uh, and yeah like that that whole concept but the tab situation is definitely a problem uh yeah 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 I always notice that and I'm like, I'm like the almost like an inbox zero kind of person where it's like, if I have more than like five different uh, emails still in the inbox, I'm like going to go through and make sure that I knock them out or something. Um, so yeah, it's funny how that dynamic always works amongst different teams. 
Um, is there a specific project that you've recently worked on that you've enjoyed the most? Obviously, you have big players like Burger King, but are there any you know other ones that? Um, I think that you know one of the most underrated. I don't want to say underrated because um, it definitely did an impact and it did some. It was an it was a Super Bowl spot that we did last year for uh, for Budweiser. Um, and basically it was, it was, it was cool because it was, everyone kind of put their input in this idea and there's a very little times where an, an idea becomes an idea and it sticks the way it sticks that way throughout the whole process. You yeah. know, being as creative, you always have this amazing idea at the beginning. And then at the end of the process, it's a completely different idea. And I think that this was the only project that we've thought from the beginning that never changed, which was, a, it was amazing. And to be, for it to be a Super Bowl spot, it was, it was great. So the, they wanted uh, Budweiser kind of, they wanted to, uh, you know, they wanted to tell their, their viewers that they were using renewable energy and they wanted to show it in a different way. Obviously, you know, everyone wants to show off in the, in the Super Bowl. Everyone wants to, you know, um, make you laugh, make you cry. Um, so everyone's competing at this time. So it's a lot of pressure for the creatives to come up with this, you know, unique idea that's going to come out in the Super Bowl being viewed by everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a lot of pressure. So, you know, it was like, I remember it was like six or seven o'clock at night <clears throat> and we were still at the office and we had nothing. We were like, everything just seemed like, you know, bleh. nothing was just like, that's the idea. And then I remember some someone, I think it was Alex that said, uh, you know, what's interesting that dogs, you know, when the dogs put their face out the window and they love the wind. Yeah. We all like look at him and we're like, dude, that's not a stupid idea. Like that's, that's the idea. And he's like, what do you mean? And then uh, Budweiser has a very big history with dogs, especially the Dalmatian, which is one of their, like uh, one of their biggest icons. Um, so we're like, dude, just like, let's grab this dog, put it in the Budweiser carriage, but you don't give it away right away. You kind of, you know, you, you have this very close up shot of a dog's face being blown in the wind. And then someone at the, uh, someone next to me is like, oh, we should use uh, Bob Dylan's song blowing in the wind. And we're like, yes. And it was oh, just wow. like, so, it was so cool to see the idea come to life in one room. Yeah. And then somehow we're like, yeah, that's the idea. And then the next day we presented it to our ECDs, uh, Ricardo Casal and Juan, Juan Peña. Uh, and they were just like, dude, that's, the, that's the idea. That that's exactly what it is. And, wow. you know, you just kind of know it from the start. And then once we presented it, there was a bunch of other ideas on the table, but I remember the client just saying like, that's, that's the one. And obviously you have to go to testing and you have to go to all these uh, things, but we just knew it from from day one that that was going to be the idea that was going to be produced, and then obviously from there, there's like a whole process that comes from it, right? And that's when you start to get scared because you have to work with uh, you know directors and producers, and uh, you have to find the right fit for the for for the spot. Like, what are the camera movements that you want? And that's when everything just becomes a nightmare, right? Because your your vision isn't someone else's vision, but somehow this project, everyone had the same vision. And it was, yeah. it was very, very cool to see all of this come to life. And it's just like, you know, you imagine in your head, but you don't, 
and then you see it like perfectly how detailed and it was such a simple spot um that i think that's why you know it never really changed but that's definitely one of our highlights of our career for sure yeah it's, that's an amazing you know moment um especially when, when you see the the creativity just happening like that um and being a part of it it's probably one of the things that makes a creative that kind of crave being in the industry in the first place. It's those kind of moments that you're like, wow, this is something that's like almost magic happening. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's, those are the moments in, in, in your career that you're like, this is why I'm that, this is why I'm doing this. You know, it's like such a satisfaction and such like a, uh, it's rewarding at the same time. It's just like, uh, you're seeing your, you know, your, your hard work and your, your long hours at work come to life is, is, is great. And, um, even for your, you know, like creatives are very, I always say that creatives are very needy. Um, we need like constant validation of our work because somehow we're always insecure where an artist never likes his work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, And, but when you're working in advertising, um, I think it's a little different just because you have people validating your work in the same time. It's like the client needs to like it, the producer, the director, everyone needs to kind of be on the same page in order for them to put the same effort that you're putting on it, you know? Yeah. So I think that that's one of the main things that makes advertising so great. It's just that everyone's kind of like on the same page and everybody's working through to the same goal of putting this work out there. Mm. Um, and being in the industry for as long as you've been, are, you know, what are some of the lessons or takeaways? I don't, you know, you don't have to be cheesy with like the, the go-to kind of answers, but it's like, maybe it's something that, you know, it could be the worst advice you've gotten that you're like, wow, that was really shitty. And now I learned from it over the years kind of thing, you know, whatever you feel has been <clears throat> a, a stood out. I think, in I, I think that a lot of the times that we, um, you know, we're starting out in the industry, we're told like, oh, follow, you know, follow the work or follow the agency with the good name or, and I think it's not about following the name of the agency or the work. I think it's about following mentors mostly than anything. I think that if you have amazing mentors, um, you will get good work done, right? Because you need people to guide you. You need people to give you advice you need people to give you feedback. Um, and I think that we've been very lucky in throughout our careers that we've had very good mentors that, you know, that they, they put all their trust in us. And um, I think that's one of the things that I would tell people. It's like, don't go to a place because of the name and don't go to the place because of the work, go to the place because of the people. Um, do your research, like find out who these people are, meet them first off. And yeah. have a conversation with them, have a beer, have a coffee, um, invite them to lunch. Um, and surprisingly, you know, these people are people, <laughs> you know, yeah. they will, they will accept, they will accept uh, a beer or a coffee or lunch and they will talk to you about, you know, their, their experiences and they're going to, you're going to get the vibe from them, right? You're going to get the, the, the feeling, do you match? Do you have the chemistry with this person? And I think that's very important. Um, because obviously, you know, I've been in multiple places and you know off the bat if you're going to be doing good work at that place or not, just because of the way that the person gives you feedback or um, or just the way that, you know, they the way of uh, the way that they work 
Um, some people are like like to macromanage. A lot of people like to make their ideas their own. So a lot yeah. of those things, you, you know, you have to deal with a lot of personalities in this industry. And I think that the main, that's one of the main things that you need to uh, know about wherever you're going is who you're going to be working with. So that's definitely one of the main lessons that I've learned. Um, another thing is also just make everything like if it was the only project you're working on. Um, unfortunately, you're going to be working a lot of hours. And that's just the truth of it. A lot of people try to think that, you know, just because you're in advertising, you're not going to work as much. We work as much as doctors do. And, but you have to give every, your every effort to every project as if it's your only project. Um, even if it's the, you know, the one that's not as sexy as a Super Bowl spot, you should treat every campaign, every project as if it was a Super Bowl spot. Um and I think those are one of the two main things that I uh, I would tell someone coming into the industry and also be a good person. You know, um, the industry is very, very small. Um, everybody knows each other somehow. Um, clients know art directors, art directors know directors, they know photographers. And it's just such a, it's a very small industry, but at the same time, it's very big because it branches out to everything. Um, you know, a lot of commercial directors are film directors and you never know when you want to do a screenplay. Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, the industry is very small at the same time. It's very big, but um, I would say be a nice person. Um, give advice to whoever you can give advice to or ask advice from anyone that you need help from, you know? Yeah, I think those are all great points, um, especially you know, the concept of, of mentorship is something that I've uh, struggled with or not really had that kind of uh, luck or, or, you know, chance to be able to match up with, with people that are above me that have like that kind of, um, you know, level of wisdom and experience that you can provide. So what would you say to someone that still hasn't found a mentor or someone that is out there uh, looking for someone that could possibly be their mentor? Like, what, what are some other alternatives or, or ways that they can frame it? I mean, the way that I, I mean, I've been doing, what I've been doing is a lot of research on backstories of people that I admire. Um, for example, I just like now with this crazy uh, virus situation, um, I started going on masterclass and I just watched the good being Silverstein one. Oh yeah. Um, oh, I finished it too. It's, it's great. Yeah, it's great. And, and it's so funny because I, I, I uh, I was watching it and I was like, you know, these guys, you could say they know it all, right? They've been in this industry for such a long time. But at the same time, they have the same insecurities that we do. You know, they have the same problems we do. And at the end of the day, it's just like you listen to to how they deal with those problems, you know? And yeah. I, think that the, I think that the the masterclass did a very good job at kind of explaining that to you, you know? Like we're all in this together and we're kind of all like, in this limbo of like, we don't know what we're doing, but there's a way out and there's always like a brighter side to all of this. Yeah. The um, bigger aspect to it. Yeah. It's always something bigger than yourself, right? Like you're always trying to, you're always trying to change the world. Everyone in advertising is trying to change the world or make people laugh. And at the end of the day, you know, it's just about a very good idea. And if the idea is good, it's going to be done. And, and if it's not, you know, 
if it's not today, it's going to be done in three years or in four years. It's just a matter of timing. And um, yeah, the patient side of it is also unspoken a lot. You know, people thinking that they're going to be able to do great work right off the bat with like a new client or oh, something yeah. like that. You know, it's um, very hard. You know, like sometimes, you know, you need to get to know the client and not the client, as I'm saying as a person, but as like the brand itself, you know, the, the tone, the voice of, of this brand is is something that, you know, it doesn't come to you in two months or three months. And, you know, it takes time for you to to nail it. And um, it's very hard. <clears throat> it's very hard to, you know, to pretty much get it off the bat. And if you do, great. But you shouldn't feel bad about not being able to crack it right then and there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always a, a crapshoot, really, in terms of what level of, um, like, awareness you need to get to with a client and, and comfort to to start speaking and pushing out ideas that are that are really going to change the game for them. For sure. Um, so I would say Masterclass. Uh, Masterclass has been working for me. Um, you know, I like to learn from other people. Um, and I think that's one of the best things about having mentors or having, you know, the technology that we have now is so great. Like you can literally go on YouTube and just like hear people's TED talks or um, just like speeches that they do for, for award shows and, and things like that where, and then you know who these people are and, you know, either just email, shoot them an email. You know, a lot of these people are very, very nice people. Um, and just ask them, like, shoot them an email, go on LinkedIn and be like, hey, look, I admire your work. Do you think we can, um, you know, sit down, have, have a talk? And um, I know a lot of times we are very busy, so you won't get an instant response. But eventually um, you'll get a response. And and if you do, you're already that's like that's you're already halfway there. Right. If you get a response, you know, this yeah. person worth talking to. Um, because yeah. they turn. They took that time out of their busy schedule to even respond. So I think that's amazing. Uh, someone that takes their time to do that um, already gives you a very good uh, vision of who this person really is. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned earlier that most of what you know in the industry is self-taught. Um, and I'm sure that you kind of align with, with my thought that you basically have to be a lifelong learner and you you never stop learning you're always constantly looking to seek new knowledge so it's um what would you say are some of the resources and some of the the ways that you seek out knowledge or keep up to date with whatever's happening now to stay educated yeah so for for different types of uh things like for example like uh for photoshop i remember I, I like i told you i literally grabbed like one of those subscription ones for 30 days and just like played around mm -hmm. um and i wish like back in the day that we had like the tutorials that we have now like on youtube you know like i think i would have <laughs> i would have avoided a lot of uh very bad designs if i would have done that um but i you know i use i started to use the linkedin one which it used to be uh, linda.com okay uh, yeah but I've been using that lately for some stuff for, you know, like illustrations and uh, and like anything that has to do with like any Adobe programs. Um, and also I've for photography and just like composition overall, um, I think Instagram is a great tool to kind of find your style. Um, you know, ever since Instagram actually came out as a, as a platform, 
I remember just like using it and trying to like get artsy with my photos and kind of like using those uh, like the uh, editing uh, capabilities of the application and whatnot. But I think for 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 you know for composition and just like the your eye, I think it's it, it you you can train your eye on Instagram, and then you eventually start following people that have the same eye as you and you have good taste. Um, then that's how you kind of like start training yourself to, to like a certain aesthetic or a certain style for, for design. Um, I recently just, you know, I, I moved last year and, uh, you know, I was like, I really want to have like a really cool apartment. And I was like, I'm an art director. I should be able to design my own apartment. And let me tell you, interior design is not easy. Yeah. It's a completely different world, you know? And yeah. it's it's crazy. And then what I did was like, okay, I'm gonna start following all these like Instagram pages just like kind of get that that same style. And then eventually, you know, I, I you know I ended up setting up a really nice and it looked nice. And I, I remember I finished it a month right before my lease was over. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> and I and I took a picture and I was like I did it, you know, and then I'm like, now I'm moving. Now I have to do it all over again. But it was fun. Yeah. You know, the process is great. And I think I think that that uh, Instagram is a great resource for that. I think you can train your eye to to have a certain style, a certain aesthetic. And uh, I mean, we have a bunch of things, you know, even for like editing, you go on, you know, you go on YouTube and you follow all these guys like editing videos and um, doing like special effects on After Effects and whatnot. Um but yeah, just I think following people that you admire their work and you start trying to not copy, but try to make you, you try to see how they do it. You know, you try to like find bits and pieces and you make your own style. Yeah. I, and I think, you know, in terms of the some of the courses that you were talking about earlier, like on Linda, I've been uh, subscribed to Skillshare for a bit and there's some decent stuff on there, too, that ranges. So like there's and, and if not, even if you don't get the yearly one, they have like super cheap uh, options as well. And I've heard that Udemy has also like some pretty affordable courses on there to learn like little skills here and there. Um, yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, Adobe, I mean, it keeps evolving, right? Like every time you go on the program, like somehow there's like a new tool. Uh, there's a new way of cropping photos or uh, selecting photos. I mean, and you have to keep up to date with that, you know, Um I think that you you have to like do your research online, like you know what is the best application for what you want to do. Um, I recently just got like an Apple Pencil, and I was like, "How do I do this?" Yeah, and it's so crazy. It's like it, you know you would think it's easier than you th- you think, and it's it's really not. Um, and then I started using, uh, I started asking people that that you know illustrate, and they told me that Procreate was the best option. Yeah. Um, so I started learning some stuff on, on Linda with that. Um, but there's so many tools, man. Like we ha- we're so blessed uh, that we have all these like tools to, you know, to help us learn and accomplish whatever we want to do. Like imagine, imagine this, this whole time without internet. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Like I, I like literally, I was just thinking that the other day, I was like, it's so crazy how, we're pretty much the world's going on as as if nothing we're just at home you know Um, yeah i think the pandemonium would have been even worse if you had no idea and you weren't connected to people and it's just like a lot of even less 
known than there is now. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I feel like that creates more anxiety because you don't know what's going yeah. on, you know? Yeah. They just have like two news stations and just <laughs> that's where you're getting all the reports. Yeah. Um, and, oh, it's funny. Back to your point of, of the Procreate, like I was just on there today. I bought it a, a while back because I purchased like an, an iPad and I'm like, I have to get this app because of everything I've read and everything I've seen. So I've been messing around with that too. And like, it, it's ins- insane how there's people making, you know, brushes, they're making like templates and they're making other things that help you create whatever you want to and, and taking steps out of the way, but you can still focus on the final craft and the, and the finish of how everything looks. So procreate is something I'm still, you know, learning and it's super interesting so far. Yeah, and it's just going to keep evolving, you know. I feel like at the end of the, I don't know, like two years from now, it's going to be insane. With the iPad, you could technically do anything. Um, I know Adobe has taken a while to get into, you know, using the iPad. But um, eventually, I think we're going to be able to use, you know, the basic um, tools like Photoshop and Illustrator on the iPad. And it's just going to be like if we're on your normal computer. And yeah, you know, so right now a- they're, yeah, they're, they're, they've rolled out like a, you know, half-assed version of it, but yeah. they said that, uh, that they're just, what they're going to do is just roll out the tools on it until it's the complete suite on it. Yeah. So, you know, who knows when that'll happen, but it'll be interesting because I'm really trying to shift more to using my iPad because I feel like it's more intuitive and I feel like it'll make my workflow even better. But the fact that I'm still so used to Photoshop on my laptop, I keep, you know, switching back and forth. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I, I was using it the other day at work just for for something that I needed to illustrate, but I wanted it to, you know, come out naturally. Like the craft needed to be very organic and I, you couldn't get that off like anything other than, yeah. you know, doing it manually. And uh, I started using it. And I mean, it's very, it's very clunky for now, but I know eventually once they, you know, fix all the bugs and whatnot and they release the full suite, I think is going to be amazing. And I think we're going to, we're going to benefit from it a lot. Um, it's going to take some time, but hopefully, you know, we can, we can get our hands on that and, and yeah. start creating some cool shit. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited so far. It's been really interesting. Um, is there anything else that's happening in the industry right now that you foresee uh-huh. being like interesting or, or like too big to like, avoid in the next you know few years obviously there's a lot of uncertainty but you know something that you see the industry is is going towards um i think right now one thing that i've noticed is like during like this whole situation you know brands are trying to talk to their consumers and they don't want to stay quiet um you know you've been seeing a lot of advertising uh you know basing the their advertising off like what's happening and their messaging is kind of off, I feel like, or it just seems like it's very uh, opportunistic in yeah. a way. Um, I think that we're going to see a lot of that at the beginning. I mean, like now it's just really, it's recently just started, right? It's like March, beginning of April, I think with all the backlash that's happening, I think towards like the end of April, starting May, I think you're going to see the communication is going to change a lot and it's not going to be so in your face. I think that brands are, you know, kind of learning and learning that you don't have to be relevant during this time. You know what I mean? Um, 
I think yeah. that you not every brand can talk about the situation right now. And if you if you are going to talk, it's to do something good. Um, it's to help out. Um, and I think that's what I think that's what we need right now. I think need, brands need to uh, be a, a not not put advertising in your face just to put it. I think it, it should be doing something for our community. You know, I think it should be doing something for the world. So I think we're going to see a change in the type of communications that we're going to be seeing in the few in a few weeks. I think they're, you know, they try to put it out there, see, get reactions. And obviously there's a lot of backlash, but I think that eventually it'll change. And I think it'll evolve into, you know, what we're going to do when we all leave our houses. Um, yeah. But what is the advertising going to look like then? You know, it's a lot of time being inside cooped up in your house there's so many things that we haven't you know done in a while so um it's it's like a brand it's like a reset you know and yeah it really is yeah it's a reset to everything that we've we're used to seeing on tv or hearing on the radio or seeing on billboards everything's going to change eventually um but i think that's where everything's going to go at this point yeah, cool. I mean, I think it's it's hard to deny the, that this is going to have some sort of impact. Uh, you know, we just don't know like how deep it's going to go and how how long it's going to last in terms of people's behaviors shifting and and all that kind of stuff. Like, obviously, in the short term, you see a lot of fear happening, but um, I think that you know, there's always times when when things haven't been certain and people have kind of recovered over time. Um, so I think that there's something interesting there that we're going to be able to analyze and see like this is going to be a huge case study in our lives essentially absolutely i mean i think our generation has been through so much right like we were uh through 9-11 um we've been through this like we've seen so many things happen and we i mean i remember like you know when 9-11 happened our life completely changed from that point on like it was not the same uh, I think we were talking about that at the beginning where it's like, it's forcing everyone to become more digital, which in an, in another world where this wouldn't have happened, I think that it would have taken such a long time for people to realize that, you know, you can do your job from home and it's not that hard to do it from home, you know, obviously not for this amount of time, but yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely, it definitely helps out to know that you can do your job from your house. Um, and uh, no, I just think that it, it is going to change a lot of the way that a lot of the things that we do, just, you know, the way that we communicate, uh, especially for creatives, you know, a lot of the time, a lot of our jobs are very collaborative. Um, you know, we do editing in LA and you're in Miami or you're in New York and you're, you know, talking to people in China and it's just like, a lot of that is going to keep going because of this, right? Because, hey, we proved that we can run a whole business from your room. Um, and, and it's it's insane how, how crazy. I mean, we have to take these measures for to prove that point, but, yeah. but yeah, it definitely it, works. It's just a, a point to kind of get people to reframe it and think about their environments and, and their habits and all these kinds of things that you're used to, right? Like you don't realize how many things you've have lined up and make a routine until there's a screeching halt and, and you have to completely rethink your daily routine. 
Um, and then even yeah, reconsider so if it was worth, you know, if it's worth changing or, or, oh no, this is, you know, this is why I do it. It makes sense. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I mean, now, like I started doing like my own little structure here at work, just, uh, at, at home because you kind of like, you divide your day, you don't really stick to it because, you know, you, you, you take so long to, to do things normally because there's not someone there telling you what to do or someone's like, Hey, I need you to send me this or, or just like normal conversation. You know, you're, you're at work and you're having a conversation and then you get sidetracked. Um, I feel like now that you're home and, you know, you kind of, you could take your time in, in, in your craft almost like if you're designing something, you can kind of like put your mind to it and not have anyone come up to you or, you know, cause sometimes you're, you're in your zone, you know, as a designer, you, you're there, you're designing, you're coming up with this and you're, you have this concept in your head and you're trying to, you know, put that into paper. And sometimes it's so distracting at work. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then now I feel like you, you know, you, you're in your room and obviously you have other distractions like a TV or, you know, your parents coming in your room or your nephew or, but it's different, right? You, you kind of have, uh, your safe your safe environment where you can kind of just like go into full out creative mode um and i've always been i mean i think it depends on the type of worker that you are. i've always been uh, more of a like a loner when it comes to working i like to you know seclude myself in the corner and just like powwow when it becomes to execution right um i like to work that way yeah um I feel like i'm the same I, yeah, I feel like you you need that alone time to to I don't know get your directions, uh, like get your mind on on a certain direction, you know. Yeah, so I think kind of to wrap it up, uh, let's talk about your next chapter at Widening Kennedy. Like, um, um, where- well, exciting times. We started yesterday. Um, we had our our full out orientation. Um, today we had some benefit stuff. We started, we got our first brief today too. Um, it's very exciting. Um, I think that, you know, it's a whole different story from uh, David and White and they're complete opposites. You know, one of them is a boutique agency. The other one's, you know, it's huge as 200 and something employees. So it's definitely a ch- big change. Um, um, I think that you kind of need uh, both experiences. You need that boutique agency you need the big uh big agency feel or experience so i think that now we're going to be working on some new clients that we i can't mention right now but okay um but we are going to be working on that on that new client f- probably full time and we're also going to be jumping around other pods as well um the way that widen works is through creative pods so they have you know, the KFC team and the Nike team and the Old Spice team. Um, so the way that, you know, they told us, it's like, you're going to be working on this full time, but you're going to have uh, opportunities to kind of jump around and get the feel of the whole agency, kind of work with other creative directors and other creatives. Um, so that's very exciting. I think that, you know, I've always admired <clears throat> Wyden's work. Um so just being there is it's very surreal you know um it's one of those things that you know coming out of ad school you're like oh i want to work at white and kennedy but you you say it without really thinking it um so when they reached out it was very it was very exciting for us it was like it was very surreal 
Um, yeah, that, that's awesome, man. Um, are there any um, specific goals that you have set in mind with your time there? Or, um, I mean, in terms of like whether it's awards, whether it's working on a specific kind of project, um, or could be personal. Um, I think that uh, one of the goals that I have specifically for me is, you know, kind of growing into a more uh, a senior, more of a senior role. Um, I think that being there is going to teach me a lot of of uh, leadership skills or um, ways that you know working with a lot more people. And I think that that's one of the one of the benefits of working in a such a big place is that you get to work with and collaborate with so many different uh, different types of professionals, you know, like from designers to sound engineers to, you know, uh, photographers. And you do that at a small agency too, but you have more, you're more hands-on, you know, you kind of, you're doing your own craft rather than directing. Um, and I think that now uh, being a widen, I'm going to have the opportunity to, you know, to get that uh, skill set of, giving feedback and you know it's more of an art director position i feel like than it's more i feel like it's going to be less hands-on because you know you have you have a team that's going to help you design you're going to have a team to do your photography and all of this so i think it's it's a lot it's a lot of uh of it's a lot of help that as an art director you need and i think i'm going to have more chances to to concept and be a little bit more conceptual and obviously do the dirty work as well. I like to design and I like to build decks and things like that, but it is good to have, you know, extra set of hands that can help you out so you can come up with better concepts and better ideas in the future. For sure. Yeah. I think that that wraps it up. I don't know if there's anything else that we didn't cover that um, you want to mention or, you know, at least let people know where they can follow you online. Well, I mean, they can either you can add me on LinkedIn. So it's Andy Tamayo on LinkedIn, or you can follow me on Instagram. It's Andy Tamayo on double underscore. Um, and yeah, just shoot me a message if you have any questions um, or if you just want to chat and we can we can set something up. Awesome. Thank you so much, Andy. Thank you, man.